I had no idea that you had flaws. I, uh, and I would have never even thought the potential of you having flaws because I just want to think the best of people. Sure. We go into marriage, happy flowers, roses, everything's beautiful, wonderful, and there's not going to be any problems. And that's a little naive to go into a marriage thinking that way. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, the number one thing to look for in a husband or wife. Perfect. Thanks. Oh, 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 oh. Are we recording already? Um, yes. Recently, I've been going through uh, Facebook marriage groups just reading hundreds of posts on on people whose marriages are distressed to say the least right it's probably you know five percent are positive and 95 percent are painful right there are husbands and wives both that their marriage is just unhappy unfulfilling and the prominent theme in every single one of these posts is I want to take a few minutes and tell you what my husband or wife is doing that's driving me crazy. Here's what's wrong with my spouse. Ah. Here's what's wrong with them. What it does for me as I'm as I'm reading through these is it it always spurs the question in my head of if if I could say something to this person, how would I help them? What would I do that would bring them some sort of relief to their distress or the pain in their marriage? And the prominent mentality, the prominent theme in all these is if only my spouse would change, if only they would be different than what they are, then I would be happy. Yep. And we become so fixated, we become so focused on the flaws or the mistakes of of our spouse. And I want to be really, really clear here. I want to be super clear. There are some things that husbands or wives do which are genuinely crappy. I mean... And wrong. Bad. Yes. Morally wrong, relationally wrong, emotionally wrong. Even on, on that spectrum, it could even fall into the area of abuse. Right. Where they are actually being um, dangerous, harmful, sinful. So I am not minimizing any of the behaviors that these people are doing. Right. But there is this thing, this survival brain inside of us that kicks in going, if I am now in a relationship with a person who is doing something that I don't like, that I don't want, that isn't making me happy, that isn't making me feel safe, that isn't making me feel comfortable or content anymore, then the best solution is to get rid of the person, to somehow get them out of my life or even worse. And again, remarkably, that's not the worst thing that can happen here. The worst thing that can happen is I'm going to stay married and I'm going to now devote most of my time and energy trying to change this other human being. And the technique, which is most commonly used first to change this other person is, let me tell you how bad you are. I'm going to point out exactly what you're doing wrong. And I'm going to do that about 25 times a day. Any chance I can. I'm going to show you what you've done wrong. I'm going to remind you of what you've done wrong. I'm going to point it out to you when you do it wrong. 
until the natural progression is now I'm going to stop talking to you and I'm just going to quietly keep seething underneath right. and I'm going to hold it against you and I'm going to keep this tally sheet in my head going and over and over and over and I'm going to start stonewalling. I'm going to start becoming quiet. I'm going to become passive aggressive until it becomes cancer inside of me and it becomes this highly disappointing, highly discouraging, highly dysfunctional kinds of marriage. Right. So that is a really long intro for the topic (laughs) of today. The question I have for you, the question I'd like to figure out, and again, I don't actually think we're going to come up with an answer today, but I think the question has to be asked is, as human beings, how do we stop focusing on the flaws of someone else or, or more specifically, how do we stop looking to other people to make us happy? And how do we find genuine contentment and satisfaction within ourselves? Right. There's this expectation that our happiness comes externally from the things or the people or the things yeah. around us. That's pretty paralyzing, it I is. think, because now you have given all of your power to people, other people, other things. Yeah, you, I, I call it being held hostage. Yes, that's what I was looking for. You're you're held hostage because your expectation is that someone else is going to make you happy. Yep, your happiness something. is dependent upon what they do. Right. And if they don't want to do it, now you are held hostage. You can't be happy. Right. This is actually the reason why a lot of people choose not to get married. Because they don't actually want to make a commitment to another human being that at some point in the future could now disappoint them or frustrate them or hurt them. They don't want to even open themselves up to that disappointment. And so it's easier just to not get married. Right. Or at least not make the commitment. And the the thing is that there's no denying that people make us happy. Things people do make us happy. So you, you can't say don't find happiness in people. No. Because we all want to experience joy but when you, and we're and we're designed for relationship and we're yes exactly, but when your whole basis is that this person is going to always bring you happiness and always make you happy and always fulfill you, that's just a recipe for disaster. This is the expectation so many people go into their marriage with that now becomes a cancer because when the flawed human right. being that they just married ends up acting on those failures and those flaws right um they now get really really disappointed because their expectations were still in the behavior of this other person right i think um, i i think every we went into marriage thinking that i mean unless you've been taught or told a different way yeah you you just that's just what you do yeah I think a better expectation people could go into marriage with, again, is looking at this person who's sitting across the table behind a microphone right now going, (laughs) I love you very much. And there is a lot of things about you that are wonderful, but I'm also, my eyes are open to the things that you're not so good at. You are not a perfect wife. Right. And that's even... Um, Hold on. You need to say, and you're not a perfect husband. Oh, and you're not a perfect husband. Thank you. Because I want to make sure that this is balanced here. This isn't just me to you. This is, I am, I am very flawed. Right, right. In my relationship with you. Well, and, and you have to go into a marriage knowing 
I, because I think most of the time when you go into a marriage, you're still, you don't really know the person. No, you can't. You date for a couple of years. You still can't know that person deeply. Right. And, and because you're dating, you're still kind of on your best, best behavior. behavior. Yeah. Um, so you have to go in knowing you've got all these wonderful qualities that make me feel good and happy. Yep. I haven't seen very many at all. Yeah poor qualities yet but i'm gonna put it in the back of my mind that you probably have some and they're gonna show up eventually exactly i went into marriage thinking that i mean with the exception of things that we bumped up against before we got married i had no idea that you had flaws i and i would have never even thought the potential of you having flaws because i just want to think the best of people sure absolutely and so when you didn't mop the kitchen floor because I've never been taught it's a job man's job. Man's to mop job. The that was pretty floor. disappointing for me. <clears throat> yeah. So Yeah. And that's not even really a flaw. Ex- yeah. But you have to go in knowing that there's that there's going to be things that will show up. Sure. Sure. And um, I, I don't think we go into marriage. We go into marriage, happy flowers, roses, everything's beautiful, wonderful, and there's not going to be any problems. Nope. And that's a little naive to go into a marriage thinking that way. This is why I say over and over and over again, the number one thing you want to look for in a person that you're going to marry or get into a relationship with is their willingness <laughs> is their self-awareness. They are aware of their flaws and the areas that they need to work on. They are uh, self-aware that they can tell you, these are my fears, these are the things that I'm good at, and these are the things I still struggle with. And because I struggle with these these things, this is probably how it's going to affect you. This is how it's gonna impact you because we're now gonna be in a marriage. And I am aware of those things and I'm working on those things. I want to improve those so that my insecurities, my failings, my flaws don't cost you as much. So even though I'm not perfect, I'm trying to improve myself. Right. The minute I tell you that, guess what? You don't have to spend a lot of time telling me what's wrong with me because I already know what's wrong with me. Right. It's when I stop working on myself or I am in denial about what's wrong with me. That you now go, that survival brain kicks in and goes, I have to keep telling you what's wrong with you. I got to keep reminding you what's wrong with you. And I got to try to fix you. I got to try to make you a different person than the one I married. Right. So let me ask you this then, because because I think a lot of people, well, it's pretty self-evident that people are fairly young when they get married. Sure. You know, early 20s. At least their first marriage. Right. But generally speaking... You're looking in your early to mid twenties. Sure. Um, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? As as far as like um, ability to recognize those things, where's where did they fall? Where does that fall in the um, uh, cognitive development? Does that yeah. make sense? What I'm saying? Sure, sure. Because can a twenty year old, someone or other, 20, 26 year old, actually be self aware? That's what you're asking. Yes, that's exactly what I'm asking. Yeah. Because I know I wasn't when we got married. Yeah. I don't know that you were. I I can't say for sure. Um, 
So I think the question you're asking is, you're right. I was not as self-aware as I would have liked to have been or as I am now at 50 years old. Right. I do believe that I can say that I didn't have the pride. I didn't walk into the marriage going, there's not much I need to work on. I I, I have it all together. You are lucky to be marrying me. <laughs> You're welcome. Right. And, and unfortunately, there are some guys, and again, I'm, talking, I'm only going to talk for the husband side of things. Right. There are some guys that if you tell them in their 20s, you know what? You really need to work on this. Their first reaction is defensiveness. Sure. Is, of course. Is a offense. They are offended by that. They will attack back. They will live in denial. They don't want to hear that. There is a pride piece that bumps up against and they're not, they're not willing to look at it. Right. So I, I was just thinking that. So, you know, as a young couple that's thinking about getting married, they might not know what what those things are, are, but they're willing to be, they're open to the possibility that there are things. This is the number one reason. This is the number one reason I think people should do premarital counseling. And I even bumped that up. I think they should do pre-engagement counseling um, before they got the ring on the finger and that boat's pretty hard to turn around. I think it is time well spent. If you are going to make a commitment to another human being to actually go through a formalized program so that you understand um, the things you're bringing into the relationship. Right. And if that person is willing to do that, that says, okay, there is a sure. level of willingness to examine themselves, to examine them li- their lives, right. and to be held accountable for becoming a better human being. Right. Premarital counseling, pre-engagement counseling helps weed out the people who who aren't willing to exactly. do that so that you aren't stuck with a person, again, years from now, who you are spending most of your time and energy trying to convince them all the things that they need to change because there are legitimate things they actually do need to change. Right. It's best to, to, to address those things early, early. on when they're exactly. small issues rather than when they're big issues and you've right. got two or three kids in the mix and and your lives are so intertwined that it's nearly impossible to, to um, separate those out without tremendous pain. Right, right. So... This is the quality to look for. This is the number one characteristic to look for in another human being um, that you're going to be in any term, any long term relationship, even like roommates. I mean, oh, yeah, my daughter just has a roommate, um, another gal that she lives with. And if you're living in the same space, you want to live with someone who's willing to work on themselves, who's willing right. to hear things they need to adjust and, and improve in. This is a just a great characteristic to have in general as a human being. But you, one, you definitely want to look for in a potential spouse. Right. This isn't one of the warm, fuzzy podcast episodes. This no. is one that deals with a little bit of heavier stuff. But we would want every person out there who's listening to this to understand, to know that you don't actually have to be stuck in a bad marriage. That there are ways to change the marriage or for you to find some level of happiness and some level of power. It is not hopeless. It might not be easy, but it is not hopeless. And if you want a place to start, if you want to learn what an actual healthy marriage looks like, 
not just you know warm fuzzy stories but actual evaluative kind of um, things to look at in a relationship you want to go to securemarriage.com you can actually take our online assessment and you're going to be evaluated in the six parts of the secure marriage framework which are the six essential things for every happy marriage and you can see how well you do uh, on uh, for you again can't really rate your spouse, but you can rate yourself and see right. how well you do in these six areas. And that's going to give you a starting point so that you can now say, oh, wait a second. There might be a path out of this. There might be a route so that you don't have to do it alone. Right. And then from there, if you want to do a deeper dive, you can go into our online workshop that you and your spouse can do together or even by yourself. There are tools, there are resources, or if you have a specific situation that you actually want to get some actual feedback in, you can send us an email, paul at securemarriage.com or shannon at securemarriage.com and we will actually read and respond to your email Yeah. because we want to see marriages get better. So anyway. I was thinking about when you take the quiz yeah. and see where you're weak as you start making changes in yourself. Yeah. That's an invitation for your spouse to make changes Every as time. well. So there's hope in that. Yeah, every um, time. The healthiest people tend to have the healthiest relationships. Yep. And so we want to help you, if you're listening to this podcast, actually get healthy. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Thanks so much for being here and listening. We will see you on the next episode. Yep. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>